For those of you looking to join Loot Crate, we have a special promo code for this our very podcast. If you go to lootcrate.com backslash meltcast, use the promo code meltcast3, and that will get you the promotion that is most current for Loot Crate. Check it out, lootcrate.com. everyone and welcome to Meltcast 3.0 brother where art thou that's one of my favorite Coen brothers films i you know it's fun i remember i've watched it uh several times because it was on at night yeah i forgot what channel and i never knew what it was but i always really liked it and it wasn't until like much later that i discovered it was oh brother where art thou yeah i i I'm not such a diehard Coen Brothers fan. Like, like I really do like they. They have probably one of the most solid bodies of work. Um, but I really that's I don't know. I guess they're kind of it's like Wes Anderson or someone you talk to, and there's like everyone's kind of like, oh, I could see how that'd be your favorite. Um, but yeah, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou is probably one of my favorites. I know a lot of people love Fargo, both uh, the show and the film. Uh, but oh brother, I think it was because it was one of in in school for me. It was like uh, an English teacher was like, "Hey, let's just watch this in class," and it, and it was like it it, it 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 was one of the first like where I was in academia, and they were like, "Let's elevate your film viewing experience in high school because this has some literary value to it too." Yeah. Um, so that's definitely one of my favorites. Agreed. Uh, we didn't have an episode last week because I was in England yet again. I feel like every couple few months now. You're just going to England? Just going to England all the time. Uh, the sticky toffee pudding is enough to make me keep coming back. I don't know what that is. It's delicious. It is just uh, soft, soft cake. You said sticky toffee. Ta- toffee. Sticky taffy pudding is probably something somebody's already done somewhere. Is but not the queen's dish. Are you just dish. pronouncing toffee like that's how they pronounce it? Oh, or right. Is it a different sticky word? toffee pudding. If I were to do the accent, but say taffy, sticky toffee pudding. No, there'd be the slightest change. Um, but no, it's 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 like this really um, moist to use the word moist uh, cake. Um, with toffee sauce on it. There's no real pudding to it. I have had it with uh, with custard drizzled over it when I was in York, a uh, really old uh, city where actually uh, the portion um, known as the Shambles was where they came up with uh, the concept for Diagon Alley. Cause Diagon you can, Alley? Yeah, because you can literally reach across on one side of the street to the other side of the streets like wall or window or something like that it's that narrow of corridors uh but this time i was in london 
Uh, I got to see the Shard, which is the tallest building in London. And I think they said the second tallest building in uh, Europe. Um, so that was pretty That was pretty cool. Um, and then I got to see Tower London, which was one of the oldest places I've ever been um, for like a landmark mm. um, before uh, during William Con- the Conqueror's time. Um, and his son and subsequent people, but it was, it was, it was really, um, it was interesting. I got to see the crown jewels, um, that are adorned on all of the monarchs, uh, during their coronation. And it's funny because they have, cause it's such a rich and regal looking item that, you know, everyone would just be like, Ooh, and on pointing at the glass. Uh, there's like a conveyor belt in front of it so you can't just like park in front of you it's like move along people like it is so (laughs) so that was pretty cool um and i gotta stay in a nice hotel and have gin and tonic uh beef eater gin and tonic which is the way to go beef eater yeah beef eater Mm. as it was called it's the brand oh um so yeah but then uh i gotta see like saint paul's cathedral from the outside which is like was Huge. this like uh, just going for fun? This was not just going for fun. So for those of you that are like the diehard Melcast 3.0 listeners, know that there was one point in which I mentioned that I did a sleep study mm-hmm. a, long, a while back. And this is the second portion of that. Um, and this time I had to um, take a pill that was already FDA approved for different purposes. Um, and, uh, see if I felt, if I felt no, uh, symptoms of jet lag, but it could have entirely been possible that I took a placebo. No one knows. Um, I felt okay, uh, relative to other times. Um, and I took several different questionnaires of like, do you feel queasy? Do you, it was like every (laughs) hour on the hour I had to like say what my symptoms are. And this time it was like, uh, flying colors. So I think the likelihood is that I actually did take something that helped. Um, so yeah, but that is one of those random things that flip through LA weekly and you, uh, you find something that, uh, is just a weird, I explain it to everyone and they're like, so what? It's like out of a movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, or like a chapter out of a book. It's just such a blip of like, Sometimes life can be really random like this. If you, if you aren't in such a like uh, Westworld like uh, puzzle mm. of of just the same loop, uh, um, you know it's it, right before we were recording, we were going yeah. over what we were going to talk about, and I knew I had stuff to talk about, and now it's all coming back to me. Yeah, uh, what is it? But uh, speaking of a funny movie kind of thing, I had something a movie moment slash TV moment. Happened to me that's also related to something else I want to talk about. Um, <clears throat> Preach. Was that I went to Cala, which is Comics Arts LA here in LA. Cool. It's the best yeah. uh, indie comic art book show every year. Nice. <clears throat> but I was here and I took an Uber pool there. So I got in. There was a guy already in the back and then we picked up a third guy. And then once we were on our way into downtown, the other guy asks, uh, he had like an Irish accent. Yeah. And he asked like, uh, sorry to bother you guys, but 
uh, I'm going out to pitch a TV show tomorrow, and I wanted to run it by you to see what your guys' thoughts were and stuff. Because he's like, I would, I just wanted to see how oh, crazy. Like, Americans would re- like feel about this kind of TV yeah. show. And it was so weird. Like that was it. Right immediately, I was like, oh my god, this is the kind of joke that's on a TV yeah. show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About someone coming to LA for the first time. <laughs> uh, but I mean, without giving away his brilliant idea, did you feel like you were like, oh, I can offer some good feedback? Did was it like awkward or it was a little awkward? But I feel like uh, he had an idea. That he wanted to build the show around, but yeah. it didn't entirely seem like he had the show. And I feel like okay. we kind of came up with the show for him. Yeah. You uh, fleshed out details for him. Yeah. So yeah. if you know, if I see that billboard one day, I'll know. You just tweet at show. him like, hey, where's my check? I really only just want 24 bucks. Can he you like, give me his card. Can so, you pay, yeah. PayPal that to me, please? Just 24 yeah. for sharing ideas. Um, well, that's cool. An Uber think tank. Mm-hmm. of creative ideas um i had i was chauffeured um around Ooh. england i know i it feels so fancy when someone has my long name spelled out on on cardboard or cardstock and is like is picking me up but it's interesting because uh this is they just had brexit Yes. And I was fortunate enough to go to England pre-Brexit and post-Brexit and now return again for post-Brexit. But this time I uh, would be returning post-Trump. Oh. And so they – none of it was very um, – no one was really ribbing me and no no one was really adamant of needing to know. But they were all like very curious to hear me – articulate um which is interesting because the first time i was in england was they were interested that i was supporting bernie sanders because they i i was like a unicorn to them they just thought that america was all going the way of the trump so it was nice because i actually did talk a lot of politics when i was there this time but there was no like i i could see how like maybe i hadn't sold them on my positions but 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 at least over there, they listen to mm. everyone's stance, and it's not so uh, vitriolic and yeah, and heated and uh, eventually divisive. Um, I don't know if it's just because they felt like they had no skin in the game with with how things are immediately run in their world. They're like they're truly hearing about a foreign body and what's going on and and it could go one way or the other and might not affect them so much. But yeah, there was a definitely a a larger conversation about the two and and just this feeling of a pushback against globalization. Um we're culturally we do want to connect and we think it's fun if we're like playing online and someone's from another country or or we're seeing videos on YouTube of people doing a DIY from another country or something. We don't think anything of it and that's happening culturally, but um, just people want – the countries wanting to to go back to looking after themselves and so we yeah. it was uh but it was it was funny i i thought of you um because the morning that i drove 
I was driven home. I was barely awake because um, I went out exploring. I went to the South Bank and uh, and went to the Globe Theater, um, which is Shakespeare's theater. Um, it burned down, so it's not the actual theater, but it's in the same spot, and they did as as uh, close to a job of uh, making it look like as it would be um, at the time. And it's funny because I referred to, you know, the globe uh, to a number of the people uh, that were either a part of the medical staff or, or, or just people that I'd bump into. And they were confused. They were like, sorry, what globe? What? And I would be like, Shakespeare? And they're like, oh, yeah. And it's just, it's funny because I'm sure they could quote so much more Shakespeare than I actually could. Uh, but you just, you live in a place and certain things mean not the same to you. So, but it, it could have just been my accent. Um, and the fact that I probably was like toning down my volume because I didn't want to be the loud American. Although when I was on the South Bank, they were, they just randomly started playing our national anthem, like across the river. And there was like a number of people around me. And I was like, is that my national anthem? And, and so then they, it was a lot of people laughing at just how random it was. And then I felt this like feeling of being encouraged to actually sing the national anthem at full volume. Uh And I did. Wait, and, were there other people doing that, or you just felt that? No, no, no. It was like a French horn was just playing across the river, and everyone was like, what? why is this uh, happening? And then I I felt like there was such a mood of everyone being like, this is funny that that's just kind of happening. And then when I, when I was kind of making it aware that I was American and thought how strange this was, no one was like, ah, get the fuck out of here. So I just started singing along uh, at almost fall, full volume, and they all thought it was funny that somebody could, was there to just sing in a very choral fashion like I like to do for our national anthem. Um, but yeah, so it was an interesting trip. Um, there are times where, like we talked about it on the previous podcast, that you, you mentioned... Um, I read in history books about like revolutions and things like that. And I I think, why would I think that that couldn't happen during my time or something like that? And I don't know about you, but there was like a, there was like a, just a feeling that we, I don't know how I got to this topic, but that we, there's been times where in like almost a a midnight in Paris way, I've been bored with my own time and day Mm. and age. And I get nostalgic for like, another time or, or something like that. But even though all this turbulence and uh, nationalism, fascism, all these different isms that feel like they're either surfacing or resurfacing or just like rebranding, mm-hmm. it, I, 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 I feel like I'm waking up in a way or either falling into a new dream. It, it feels like in a way that wasn't before, I'm almost... Like it's all I'm either looking forward to the prospect of tomorrow or I'm I'm trying to think of the, the countermeasures to the nightmare, mm. you know, in a way that is making me feel more awake and kind of like just less on autopilot. Yeah. It, it's weird. It's weird. I feel more present than I I have before. And for anyone that is an actor uh, present, yes, it's me, Francisco!
if you Francisco can hear by the a door. very muted uh, Francisco said, oh, it's you. Um, but yeah, I feel, I, it's weird. Yeah. I, I don't know how you, how you uh, feel. Uh, I certainly felt that. To put you on the spot. A lot more right around as the election. Yeah. And uh, right now, I don't know. Are you, uh, it feels like a, it's the same issue with the protests where it. I'm still seeing lots of stuff, but no one clear like. Yeah, this is what we're mm-hmm. going to do instead of like here's lots of things. We're right. Do. Well, it's funny because I went to the Bernie Unity March um, at Hollywood and Highland. This is just a thing that came up on on my Facebook, mm-hmm. um, and uh, at first it was like kind of a vague like, is, does this mean Bernie's going to be here? Who's organizing this? What is it exactly? And um, it was kind of led by primarily um, Dapple, as it as it's called, uh, the Dakota Pipeline protesters mixed in with the Green Party, um, but also a few others, which I'll get to. But we we were all just at Hollywood and Highland, um, and it's interesting because I I saw things like Water is Life, um, Pay Equity for Women. Um, Black Lives Matter is kind of like when you were talking about before. Um, no, no Trump. You know, like mm-hmm. all of the different fascist uh, things. And you're right. I look at that and I go like, this feels kind of fractured mm-hmm. in a way. But at the same time, it's almost like anyone who wants to argue, well, the protesters right now are so disorganized. They just like it's it's all these pockets of people just complaining, and it's like, well, in a way, it's almost like pick your issue. Mm-hmm. Like all of these well, issues that, came together, and that was kind of the point. Was it was a unity march? Yes, that that too. I was started to realize was that despite you know the the, the fracturedness of it, that's still a much better option than like. I'm much happier being on the fractured side with lots of issues and concerns than yeah. being on the other side that is just, you know, like, it, it seems so easy to yeah. unify them because they all just hate so much. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it and it was, there was, it was interesting because when we were on Hollywood and Highland, any of you that have been there uh, know that it's a busy spot. Interestingly enough, there's an X-Wing there right now for oh, the yeah. Rogue One uh, premiere to tie in the nerd things uh, with some of the real talk. Um, but we were there and um, there was a bus driver that was was okay with kind of coming close to knocking one of the protesters. And it was less that he actually did then like the just sort of being like, Hey, you need to get out of this. This is a designated because while that's true at the same time, that doesn't give you the right to just like honk or do something, you know, you know? Um, so, and then one of the main organizers was, was basically saying that to them. Like we get it. We get what this does to your route and we're not protesting you, but like, don't, because you're in a giant vehicle, suddenly grow a pair of balls and think that gives you the right. And then the cops were starting to look like they wanted to come over because the bus driver just wasn't driving away. You know what I mean? Mm. So it was like this, it was this exchange that was going on a little too long. And and you're like, not sure who's at fault. The people who weren't out of the bus lane at this point, because the longer it goes, it's like 
Feels like the bus driver's uh, kind of wor- working out some steam and some anger on his own end. Mm-hmm. Um, so the police almost came over. And it was funny because after that incident, they sort of drove up and they were saying with the microphone, can you please step on the sidewalk so you do not get hit by a car, please? And they were, they were, they were not afraid to sound pretty sarcastic mm-hmm. over the intercom. Um, but then we started marching and we went um, down, uh, we went east on Hollywood towards CNN building. And we went out to CNN building and it was interesting because I think I remember you saying that there's points where you were sort of towards the front um, and you were leading chance. And I did. it is an interesting experience to be a part of, um, you know, chance and things like that when you're a part of the mob. Mm-hmm. When you're or the the amoeba, the the larger entity of it's bodies, um, because they start a chant, and everyone kind of says the phrase. This is this is how I did it. It was it was every time the phrase needed to be said, I'd say it, and then you'd you'd hear this almost call and response, um, so that you weren't shouting for like an hour. Like there'd be this, you'd say it, and then another group would say it, and you could take a break and let mm-hmm. your voice rest, and then. And then, and then one side would sort of get like way heavier than the other to where there was a time where it got whittled down to where it was me being a part of a call and response. It was just me on one end of a lot of people. And it looked like I was leading the chant for a second just because I wouldn't let my side drop to the call and response. And then, yeah, so it was interesting, like exchange of flow almost and then once we got to the cnn building there was a green party people uh that talked there was dakota pipeline people that talked um and then i think about the biggest thing that made me go whoa what was there was um a communist party like Mm -hmm. chapter that like showed up and was passing out I don't want to say was passing out paraphernalia that was talking about fascism and uh, things in America that are suspect for from their point of view, and when it was their time to uh, talk uh, talk about what they wanted to talk about, we'd listen to the Green Party talk about climate change and things like that. Um, they definitely seemed the most militant, and they. They're basically, their message was the biggest lie right now is the concept that America was great at any point. Was it great during the time of slavery? Was it great during the time of um, Japanese internment camps, the homicide of Native Americans, um, the first people? Um, You know, and they, so there was no, they weren't trying to talk towards any correction they were really the only thing that they offered was uh basically saying if you're interested in this there's a way in which we can all assemble at one time and so i was but it was it was very it was a very weird i could i could feel the the grandparents and parent generation of my upbringing be like yeah there was a time when Communism was being talked about in America, and it was treated with suspect sort of uh, 
caution. And um, it, w- it was interesting because the, all of the people that were at the mic, no one really tried to rebuttal anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, Green Party did kind of come up, I think because they were the main organizers um, with the Dakota Access Pipeline people. Uh, they did kind of come up and be like, this is a unity march and we want the message of love to spread. And that was about the only rebuttal that they had to that. But it was my first, first, first hand exposure to any representative that like openly says I am a communist. Um, so, but yeah, it, once those chants started, I didn't start chanting because I was like, this feels like the first thing that I don't know yeah. and feel weird chanting along with um so but then but then the message went back to uh, there was actual um firsthand accounts of what it was like at the um site for the dakota access pipeline and um and uh there was some very eye-opening stuff that was talked about of 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 people claiming to be a part of the cause and trying to direct people to certain points where turbulence happened. And then once the turbulence happened, the military or the police were very well equipped to deal with that specific type of... So it was kind of like, hmm, all right, what's going on? But the craziest thing was that was during that point where they were recounting all of this stuff was when breaking news happened that the they had decided to stop production or mm-hmm. stop you know construction on it and uh that there was going to be a discussion of a reroute for it now er- everyone immediately went to celebration and they were like this is what real action can be and then there was a moment of like a few more people stepped up and were like, this is great news, guys, and this is a note of positivity. But we have to realize that they say things with a forked tongue and we have to be vigilant about what everything means in the fall. So it, I heard it and immediately had my guard up of like, well, if this is breaking news, let's not react so quickly. Um Especially when we were outside of CNN, I was I was like, oh, if they have their cameras here, and a narrative is trying to be pushed that everyone's happy with this reaction. Here we are reacting in a positive way, and we don't know if this is a good thing or if this is a diversionary tactic. Yeah. It was very. It was just very weird. It was. It, it was. It was the tiniest bit out of body because it was. I was a part of this huge mass that was protesting something. Then we get news that a positive thing happened, and I was sort of like, I, it was almost like Truman Show, like. Everyone was, I, I felt like it was this weird awareness of like everyone's watching me to see if I like go, yeah, at the same time and just having caution that I didn't feel like other people had. So it was, it was really weird. But the whole point was because of, because of Bernie and him at, like he, he got criticized of, of having empty rhetoric or it was just rhetoric. It was all rhetorical with him. He was just saying things that appealed to. But we're, it was at a time where no one could even do that 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Hillary, it was it was just like a number of the candidates couldn't even pay lip service to something that we feel like at least talk about it, at least acknowledge that any number of the reasons why people are here and united today are here. You know what I mean? That these are valid things. So um, at times I felt like, whoa, we're kind of like using Bernie's fan base to talk about something is like acknowledge that Bernie's the reason. And so it was like, he was kind of a lot of the closing statements as mm-hmm. people being like, but one last thing about this, this thing was there was definitely a sense of like, it, it did energize. It did energize you. And I, I watched a number of people say, I'm running for mayor. I'm ru- I'm doing this after that. And it was this weird like open floor where people are like, I'm inspired and I'm emboldened and things like that. And you were like, do you have a platform or something? Or are you just be? are you like talking in the moment? Like, and now I'm running for mayor. And it was just sort of, so it was, it was interesting. And I could see how there could be a whole Shakespearean or Chekhovian comedy written about a protest. Um, so yeah. That was uh that was a, a cool thing that I did right after getting in from England. Oh. Oh yeah. So right. yeah. Uh I also uh haven't I don't think I've seen you since Thanksgiving. Is that how long it's been? I think so. Yeah. Uh, how was your Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving was good. Uh, I went to San Diego. I got to I I Ate meat. I'm Wait, sorry. Why did you go to San Diego? I'm sorry. I went to San Diego because um, going back to Iowa is almost as expensive as going to another country. It's mm. stupid. It's stupid pricing for something that is just a domestic flight. It's always cheaper to just go to Chicago, but like, there's so few people going from LA to Iowa that I. Just, it's always dumb, expensive, um, but yeah. So we, ha- um, Pauline has family. Essentially, they're like might as well be family in San Diego. And every time we go there, they're fantastic hosts. And uh, there's, it's like a, it's a family through marriage of like three different families with a number of kids. So and they like see me as an uncle. Um, even though there's no blood relation and, uh, I brought some of my old comics for them to read. And so now they're all hooked on DC. Um, and, uh, it was interesting to see them democratically, um, say, okay, you guys can have the justice league. I I want the green lanterns. I want the birds of prey and like, which ones were, because they all worked it out. I didn't have to do any. I was like, "Well, hang on. There's some repeats in there. I don't. I don't see why you need to hang on to two of the same. Why don't you dish those out to your uh, cousins?" But they they figured it out. They figured out how to not fight each other, which is kind of nice. When I feel like we're in an age where that happens more times than not, actually, when uh, agreements can be had even as uh, small children. Um, but yeah, and then to to wrap up that um chapter uh it it it's such a welcoming place that i never feel like i need to be tethered to my phone it is a vacation for me and i just get a like jack out of the matrix basically mm-hmm. and uh 
consequently, I made it all the way back here before I realized I left my phone in San Diego. And for those of you that don't know how long of a distance that is, it's 103 miles from where I was in San Marcos. So yeah, so the next morning I drove back when it was raining and uh, it was not bad traffic. It's just, yeah, it's a whole extra trip and... But it was okay because I saw a double rainbow on my way back, and it kind of was like life's way of being like, you would not have seen this had you not made this accident, so don't be too mad at yourself. Um, and my my car is nice now. For those of you that have listened far enough back to know that I had a Just Buster 96 Mercury Sable, I now have a 2014 Civic that... I've taken to calling Moby for my white whale, Mobius, if I'm really talking the full name. Um, and I will take any excuse to drive that now. And it's funny because people want to drag race me now. It's so weird. Somebody pulls up next to me and they think, oh, he he thinks he's hot shit, right? And I just wanted a reliable car. If I honk the horn, it sounds like the most pathetic thing ever. But there's something about it's white, it's a Civic. And it has back tinted windows, which is also nice for keeping my car cool. But it looks like it has some edge to it. And that's at, it's not the reason why I bought it. The same way when people look at my phone and it's always bigger than theirs. And they're like, huh, compensating much? I was like, literally, I just got this for the features. I don't even, I kind of like smaller tech, honestly. But yeah, it feels weird because a lot of times people have stark reactions to a purchase that I made and I had, it's not the reasons for why I made yeah. the purchase is so weird. That is that's so weird. But what was uh, your Thanksgiving like? It was all right. Lots of food uh, for me being vegan. Yeah, uh, I cheated. It was all good. Though uh, the leftovers went kind of bad, kind of quick. It was <laughs> surprising. Not usually the case. So that was sad. speaking of holidays, you got me the annual holiday card. The now um, annual, which you were, you, I in a classic aerosol fashion, you're like, it's not quite as simplistic as it was last year, but I do appreciate it. To those of you uh, that uh, don't have the capacity to see this uh, of Aristotle's, um, basically, he's got him and Desiree and Jeff and Chase, they're lovely dogs. Um, strewn about this entire card it's great um and i the you're right the uh jason hockey mask knit sweater is the perfect touch yeah to make us realize this is aristotle having fun with this holiday card it's a well it's all desiree like my approach to it is always it it's a joke and this one didn't quite come out as much a joke as I was expecting. No, it's great. But it's still fun. Though. And like I said to you before uh, we started recording, uh, I love putting up pictures of all of my friends and keeping them on the refrigerator until it's almost like a faded image. Mm. Um, and I still have last year's up. Uh, and my roommate was just like, who's that guy with the dogs and the lady? <laughs> um, but yeah, I... I'm such a pack rat for things that were given to me at some point because mm-hmm. I have the separation anxiety of 
I can't. No, they gave this to me, yeah. and I'll 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 put it in like a gift bag that I got a long time ago that I put all of the like cardy things because I I think when I'm an old man I'm gonna look back on all that stuff fondly, and I'm not such a hoarder, but like I just like. If you want to watch me just go from chill dude to not at all chill, ask me to get rid of <laughs> things that were once gifts to yeah. me. I think I, I have, I think, just about every card I've been given in the past, like, six years. Yeah? Yeah. Birds of a feather. Um, <laughs> so we talked about Rogue One. We talked about England. We talked Rogue about One. Bernie. Next week. Rogue One next I week. my tickets. Coming out. I don't have it yet. Where are you watching it? Uh... Glendale. Glendale? Because I needed Desiree Works that day. Had to be close. What time? Uh, 11. On the 16th? 17th? The 15th. Oh. 11 at night. Uh, And it had to be assigned seating. Yeah. Because I was nervous about that, I guess. Because for Force Awakens, I bought IMAX 3D. crazy. That was only a year ago. I know. It's so... I'm excited to, I guess, relive that. Yeah. Though differently, because mm-hmm. last year, IMAX 3D. Mm-hmm. Very excited about that, but they were not assigned seats. So it was... Uh, really? I got I got there like three hours early. I had to, oh. I had to do that old thing again. Yeah, 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 yeah. Kind of cool, but not as, you know, yeah, cool I almost, as I remember. Yeah. I guess I do prefer assigned seat. Yeah, I, I prefer assigned seats once I've bought them. But it is kind of, in a way, it is kind of annoying. It's like one way or the other. Like I like you're like oh you you get to experience the disappointment sooner. Yeah, if it's like oh well, I know now that I'm gonna be like against the wall. Whereas before you're like hopeful up until the moment where you like scan like is there an opening? Well, that's why I. I had to get these assigned seats because now I've got pretty good seats. Good seats? Awesome. Um, Yeah, it's interesting because it comes out on the 16th. My dad's birthday is the 17th, Mm. and mine is the 13th. So before we record next, I will be 27. Nice. Um, And it's an interesting time for both of us to have birthdays because it is most frequently the – it falls – those two dates fall on one week or the other or the same week where people are trying to get the holiday um, movie out. Uh, so Lord of the Rings did it all of the time. Yes. There was always a, like a Lord of the Rings coming out during our birthday. Now it's Rogue One. So and he and I are... Every other Star Wars movie? Yeah, yeah, for, from here to eternity. Um, and so my dad and I love seeing movies together. And so it's it it is a... I love having a birthday, honestly, when I do. Um, the trick was always during college. It was during finals week. Uh-huh. So it was like trying to get friends to come out when they're like, oh, man, if you had a birthday at the end of the week, I would have had all my finals done, but now i got to study because I didn't do any studying. It seems like the finals 15 are weeks happening. Before this, yeah. Yeah, so uh, college was probably where I had the poopiest uh, birthdays. <laughs> They were not great, um, but every other time I've loved doing that, um, and everyone always assumes, I think, that it's bad time, because they're like, oh, you have to compete with Christmas, right? And it's like, well, just for the whole month, even though they're celebrating someone else's birthday, it feels like they're celebrating your birthday. Uh, you're, it's like you're a part of the season, too, so it's, I, I like being a Sagittarius. 
born in the portion of December that I am. So, yeah. But that's uh that's Rogue One's coming out. Um on my birthday, I plan to see La La Land though. Oh, nice. Yeah, um cuz the my my social circle is is big enough, but I think it's like much more diverse in like age and different i have a lot of i'm fortunate enough to have a lot of friends with just different jobs and religious backgrounds and pref like some of them are uber nerds like me some of them have me in their life because they're not at all nerdy and want to be informed like a number of the people listening back home in iowa Mm -hmm. are dabble in being nerdy but they treat me like i'm just because i read picture books that, that I'm like the the authority and it's like no 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 I I want to hear what's going on in your life too and so I it's like a back and forth exchange but um I uh I I'm going to see La La Land because it's cuz I was like oh I want to see Fantastic Beasts and Doctor Strange but it's so late in the game yeah I haven't <laughs> that, seen Fantastic Beasts that I think oh you haven't yet Mm-mm. yeah I I I still need to see it I know the ending but I don't know really uh how the ending comes to be so there's like a character that's revealed but who he was before the reveal i don't know so i was it was kind of nice to be out of the dark without spoiling anything to you someone's listening is like oh i don't i i i now know who the actor is playing the character that they are but there's a cool thing that they were someone else before that, and I don't know who that is. So I, anyway, I look forward to actually watching it, but for like a large group of people, I think they've all seen all the movies I haven't yet seen. Um, and yet I'm the one with the nerdy podcast. Um, there was a Westworld finale. There was. And I talked about how much I liked Westworld. It's only six episodes, right? No, it's longer than that. I think it's 10. It's 10. Oh. Yep, it's 10. And Still. you were told something yeah, about I, it. I, I, somebody had, uh, I was recording another podcast that was talking about it a little bit. Mm-hmm. And they said, uh, they made the joke. And then when I asked about it, like, no, you probably could uh, just watch the premiere and the finale and kind of fill in the blanks. Yeah. It's interesting because we we are in a little bit of a privileged position in that one of the actors on the show that mm. people throughout the land see and know and have opinions on is an act, is an actor that teaches improv here at uh here at the Nerdist Improv and is and is here Mr. Ptolemy himself. Um and it's interesting because for those people that did tell you about the show it's kind of true in a way. It is a little bit, but it's it's not like I have. And I still want to wanna watch it. Just I, for yeah, the you, you and you should. And I almost want to rewatch it, and yet I don't want to rewatch it. Like there is a kind of excruciating element to it. Like they're purposely withholding a lot of information for some revelations that come late, and it's kind of like, well, with the high concept show. That sort of approach, it shouldn't surprise me, but the the main draw that I had was watching Anthony Hopkins just mm. do what I felt like was a master class yes. in acting. He's, he's so good in it. 
Um, even when he's just being cryptic and I have no idea, like he just knows how to flirt with you in, in a very filmic fashion. And I'm always surprised by who's in it because I, like, I, I am trying my best not to follow it. But yeah. Whenever I see screenshots from it, yeah. I'm like, oh, I didn't know this person was in. Yeah, James Marsden, well. Evan um, Rachel Wood. Uh, isn't I forgot who else, but I just know a lot of people are in the show. Yeah, and um. And so, but the thing, the biggest gripe that I have is that the attention is a little uh, scattered. Like they they have some characters that they introduce at the beginning that they make you think, oh, this these people are going to be important, and then they just like go away. Like there's a character named Stubbs and a and a girl that's there and it's almost this like guy girl sort of like cop drama investigation that they do and then well one meets their end and then the other just like we don't hear from them again and and they're a Hemsworth brother and you're like what Mm -hmm. like what so and then James Marsden like he has a backstory but it's almost like the whole thing is that it's kind of irrelevant for them to have a backstory because that could just be created out of thin air and when you it's interesting because there's a character that has she has a backstory that once she realizes everything's fake she's like oh i i shouldn't that was created i shouldn't my new life begins here but anthony hopkins sort of like asserts that if that's what you think about and you feel and is a part of the fabric of how you define yourself, then that is real, even if it was just created out of thin air. Mm -hmm. And she goes back um, without spoiling too much. She basically decides to go back into the Matrix, but better run her world from within that so it there's there's ways in which like i said i want to go back again because i want to i want to understand the theory that comes out of it but there was a lot of just like what i felt like was running around in circles and um i love i love my boy ptolemy but like him and his other half as characters in it it's just sort of like they're dealing with a robot they should be able to shut down, but they're getting, there's like this leverage that's being applied to them. No, you're going to do what I say because I'm going to expose that you let people down in here to have sex with the robots. And they're like, oh shit, I don't want that to happen. But the, I thought that was part of like the, the draw of visiting this place. No, the draws doing that inside the matrix, but outside of when they're just being like deprogrammed and inspected and things like that, the technicians come down and just have sex with them when they're supposed to be punching in, punching out. Spoiler. Yeah. So, but, but yeah, it's, it's just a, it felt like a very, the attention is just like, what do I pay attention to? Honestly. And then the big reveals that they have, are like not to you should watch it Mm. i see your face and you're sort of like well dude don't give too much away um there's just like there's some big reveals that happen but they happen a really passive way they're just kind of said this doesn't i'll say it i'll say it this doesn't mean anything to me 
Like that's the big reveal, the grand reveal. Hmm. There's no light. Doesn't seem like anything to me. I'm I'm giving you a code basically. And that's that's the level of oh my god, no way that comes with that. It just it's a little passive. Oh. It's a little passive. Uh, it's the only I, thing I have to say. I assume there'll be another season though. Yeah, there will be. We'll, and yeah, I I've already I've already given enough to not spoil but border on spoiling for you. So I won't spoil anything, but it's it's almost frustrating because I wanted the finale to be bad so that way I would just be like, "Oh, I don't need to watch this anymore." And it was it had the most action out of the series, so it was kind of like uh, they got my interest back. So it was very very is very weird. I love the aesthetic. I love the concept. It was yeah. just the execution was so dis disorganized. Because I just assume. And Ptolemy wasn't even supposed to be in past the first season. Oh, but they liked him, and probably his in- improv skills You're was like, guy. "Let's do it." Yeah, and so he uh, deserves that. But well, uh, I don't. Again, I know nothing of it, but I can assume they're making a show. Yes. And then they have something like Game of Thrones that's been going so long. You can kind of, and it's HBO. Mm-hmm. You got Jade Rooms behind it that you can just kind of. And uh, Jonathan Nolan, Chris and, Nolan's Jesus Christ. brother. And Jonathan Nolan. Yeah. Uh, that you could be like, hey, well, you know what? We're going to build this story out a little longer than just yeah. the first season. Yeah. And I just assume that that's what's happening. I don't actually know because I haven't seen it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think the only way that I like, I love that we're coming back into an age where we're discussing consciousness mm. and looking at art as a means to reflect back, like either purpose or just experience or define things. Like, I really do love the high concept questions that it posed it 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 just it was it was so wandering that i was like well i might as well just go live my own life to sort of like find answers and questions it's like it was wandering so much that it was like a it was a loop of a simulation in a way like i anyway Anyway, there's just like a, a feeling that I walked away with of of not feeling fully fulfilled or satiated or titillated by the end of it. It was just like this like uh something else that I needed out of it that maybe maybe that's the point. Yeah, and that could be that's like a for for anyone that's taken a film course or anything like that, there's a, a film that Werner Herzog did called Fitzgeraldo. And it's basically about taking this boat that needs to go upstream a different direction and it, so that requires it to be pulled over a mountain so that it can go on this stream opposite and the entire movie is just about getting this boat over the mountain and it's like three hours and some change and you're just like when will this end as a film student and then your teacher at the end of it goes how did we feel at that and everyone lets out a collective groan and they're like good that's what film should do it should make you feel what the characters go through. And if you are tired by watching that movie, then great, because it was what 
the director wanted you to feel. And then they did a documentary following Hartzog and basically all of the different just obstacles he meets trying to make this film. Uh, and that was... It's like you wouldn't have gotten the appreciation out of the documentary had you not sat through movie. the entire movie. Um, so mm-hmm. Westworld, in a way, it I like... <laughs> In a way, it was like, ugh, I love hate that I didn't get the bow at the end. Because then that requires me to fill in gaps. That requires me to theorize some more. Um, but at the same time, I don't feel like applauding that you just like gave me Swiss cheese. Mm. You know what I mean? So now, I have theories now. But, I mean, I, they mean nothing because I haven't seen it. Yeah, def- definitely watch it. <laughs> Um, and I would argue for all of us that are that are listening, rewatching it I think would be a good idea. But yeah, it's just going to be like a clear the schedule and, and watch through once, and then and then you'll get it. But wow. yeah, that's Westworld. I'm still uh, watching Star Trek: The Next Generation. Oh yeah, God, that's. I haven't even finished that. It's always kind of like a I don't know which Star Trek to jump into, and I don't know. Gener- Next Generation. The is, Next Generation yeah. is pretty great. I mean, it's I, I know hard. I. I've, I've only ever, I have a base knowledge of the original Star Trek. Right. Like I went in blind and I was like, you know, what? next generation. Like yeah. That's where I'm going. Love it. Yeah. Don't need anything else. Yeah. Though I'll probably move on to the next one after. Yeah, I can remember my dad watching that all the time, all he, the time. Uh, I, w- I've been watching it on Netflix, and then I was at like a a TV TV, and I put it on, and uh, I hadn't realized. Or I had forgotten that Netflix has the HD episodes. Yeah. So when I watched it on TV and it was so fuzzy and yeah. it looked so dated, it looked like an ancient yeah, television yeah, show. Yeah, 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 yeah. It blew my mind. That's how I always remember seeing it too. Like I like in a way, they're they're doing like Star Trek Next Generation, they did a good job at making it look like it had a budget for tv mm-hmm. like now tv is being treated like film yeah. so they're really good at making it look like film like up to the budget of film they're doing really good at that but i can remember even though we joke about it now it's fuzzy in a way i'm like the way it's being piped into television like our tvs right now mm-hmm. doesn't reflect the kind of like thought and detail that i see they're putting into like the effects and and the look of it here. It's not quite Star Wars, but it was it was it was good for TV at at that time. Yeah. And it was propagating thought in a way because I think about it through my dad's eyes. He he's a blue collar worker. He works he's worked nearly no, all of my life at a nuclear power plant. And I've never seen him pick up like high literature and start reading like James Joyce or anything like that. He'll he'll read like car magazines. He'll read like um, like a, a field manual for something. Um, is very practical. But he loves Star Trek, and I think he loves Star Trek because it it was on you know a different generation. Mm-hmm. Um, the earlier one he watched it. I'm sure that made him imagine a lot. But I think he appreciated the. He'll still watch Star Wars with me any time of day. But he'll. He'll, he loved watching Star Trek for being like, 
this it's almost like now he sees a cell phone and he's like that was on star trek. you know star trek That's... you know like that so he's sort of like well hang on thinking larger scale like are we going to terraform the moon are we going to do so i i think it's i think in a way for him it was sort of being like wow my generation isn't the only like there will be truly a next generation <laughs> and for us it's the same thing uh i've been thinking a lot about these things yeah. i'm reading uh i'm reading a book that I just for enjoyment, but also kind of as research, because I'm finally gonna uh, try my hand at writing a short one comic. Uh, that's what sci-fi. I'm, ex- I'm excited. But the the book is uh, it's oh fuck oh Master of Space, previously known as Prelude to Space, written by Arthur C. Clarke, who also wrote 2001. Yeah, uh, which we saw together. We did, and he's uh, like. Science fiction, but like he's a scientist. Yeah, and so yeah, he knows yeah. what he's talking about. And I was looking him up, and in his books, he like foresaw like satellite television. Pretty mm. much, he had, like in one of his books was like, you know, we have a satellite communication that's just orbiting the Earth, and that's how mm-hmm. like so we don't need so many telephone poles and stuff and now here yeah. we are living that yeah uh and other science fiction writers that were like one day we'll have a phone that we can connect that we can carry with us and it will have gps so that we'll never be lost again and now mm. here we are with that mm. uh but it's also making me wonder because like with the the example of master of space it's about earth going to colonize the moon mm-hmm but this was written slightly before Sputnik, even, mm. and so that seems like a pretty massive jump. Uh, yeah, in two thousand one, also pretty massive jump mm-hmm. of imagining that. And I wonder what is the equivalent of that in our time. It doesn't seem like nobody's writing or thinking massive jumps. It's all looking at the somewhat near future yeah. or what's happening now. Well, I think I think the furthest that we're talking about that maybe by the end of our life we'll get like a solid a solid leap from theory to applied is multiverse Mm. theory that's the furthest that i i feel like our when we talk about consciousness we talk about scientific theory yeah is all these science fiction books are now not so far off right right what is so for for us like i've thought about that i've thought about that and if you're talking about your stab at um your stab at a comic there's a idea i've had for like a uh a serialized set of videos that i want to start with 2017 which is the concept of you meeting yourself from previous multiverses, but not in a way like we've, we're starting to see that with like things like Rick and Morty. And we definitely seen it in comics for like years. We've seen it, um, with our superheroes, but there was a way in which I had a thought about, because we talk about talking to aliens, we making contact and communicating. If there was a way in which you could, talk to yourself from different 
um, world, different Earths. If you could at least talk to them, maybe not see them in the flesh, even though I would take it as far as that. But if there was a contact that we could do, there'd be a way in which you could, you could play out any scenario mm-hmm. from like that point on, in a way. Like just kind of reach over to like. Is, did this happen in your reality? Yeah. No, did this next one? Did this happen in your reality? Yeah. Next. One. Yeah. And if you think of that, almost like a like a a network mm-hmm. of all the Derricks and all the Aristotles and all the you listener at home, in a way, if you think of it like fourth dimensional, where we're supposed to be like these long undulating snakes, and you apply that to the multiverse, in a way, is that not just like consciousness moving through? each of the Derricks and each of the Aristotles going to the point that it, it like is like a wave of energy or like a like if there was interconnection between those could you not in a way if you were trying to get from point A to point B and instead of just being like oh I'm going to be I'm going to live as Aristotle in 2016 doing a podcast that ends at 431 as we record today, or could I, could I, instead of watching that just play out, could you pull the knowledge from how to make that happen from somewhere else and then just actually apply that into your reality? That's the high concept. Yeah. The The way in which it would be a show is just character meets the different versions of himself and takes sort of the moral that is their life philosophy and applies it to situations in his own life. And it's meant for it to be an education for him or her um, in a way. In There's no better teacher than, say, the versions of you from different realities mm-hmm. to help you grasp whatever it is that you need to. And then by the end of it, have have you go to different earths yeah and help other versions of yourself learn what they need to so that was just when we talk about like this is this is as far forward as we can see and like if and if, one if day it could be the not so yeah future. yeah and if civilization just builds upon the concept the that we are always looking so far in front of our face um, that would, I feel like that's the discussion is, is multiverse, which we definitely talked about mm. here. Um, yeah. Well, speaking of, <laughs> uh, multiverse. Yes. Uh, I read this week, Shade the Changing Girl number three. Awesome. And that is from which publishing house? Oh, DC Young Animal, which, uh. Your new fave. My new fave, but I'm also not sure if it's like a like completely separate, you know, reality from the you know Earth One, Earth Two kind of thing, or if it exists in there. It's just you know, it's probably just touch. like Vertigo, treating it like Vertigo until they're like, and now we absorb you into our continuity. Mm. It's it's they got to establish their own continuity before it like fits in. I bet I'm sure. Well, uh, I'm really enjoying this book. It's uh, written by Cecil Castellucci, 
and the arts by Marley Zarcone, who I I forgot if I brought this up, but I believe she is married or dating um, James Deco. Oh, cool. Does like, ah, Stucco, one of your favorites. What a great team that is, because <laughs> I love her art. Their love child will be so God gifted. damn it. And the color, the color, the uh, colors are by Kelly Fitzpatrick, and it's killing it, because the colors are great. Um, so in case you're unaware, mm-hmm. I always forget the alien's name, but they're, and it, I don't know if it's quite established that they're just aliens or other reality. Yeah. Uh, That's right. I forgot that element. Yeah. Where, um, do you know the original Shade's name? He's, they, they refer to him as a poet in, uh, in this book. Damn it. Uh, Rock Shade. Yes. Or Rock Shad. Rock Shade. Yeah. Um, Rock Shade. Uh, one of these aliens takes the madness coat. Mm-hmm. And becomes a girl on Earth who was in a coma, and you kind of find out that she was kind of a bitch. She was like a, <laughs> like a real bad kid, uh, and so she's trying to like be this kid, but doesn't know anything about this kid, and is dealing with the people mm-hmm. that she was mean to, and now like nobody particularly likes her. Mm. and just trying to live in that world and figure out why and see what to do. And then uh, there's a... It's by no means a spoiler, but the alien kind of decides to tap into... uh, She does a meta-meditation to kind of try and look back at... Meta-meditation? Holy shit. Yeah. And it's, it's it's an alien thing where you can go back and, I guess, get a clearer vision of your memories... And so she's trying to look back in those memories and feels all this like anger and hate and then decides mm. to tap into that. And at the end of the issue, kind of uh, is like, I I really like this feeling that this girl had before. I'm going to kind of ride that a little more. Hmm. And uh, it was unexpected. I was really kind of starting to see like, oh, she's going to turn this girl around and everybody's yeah. going to like her, which there's a little bit of that, but there's also still like... I, I don't know. I'm I'm interested to see. That what sounds it's be. yeah. That sounds kind of foreboding, almost. Yeah, not quite. In a way. I mean, potentially villainous because she is mean to these people, but these people were mean to her. So it's a question of like, who's who's really wrong here? Yeah. What's, who? What's, what's yeah? The plot thickens. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm interested to see where that's going. Nice. Yeah, I had a, a sort of similar sort of similar thing happening not so meta in my pick of the week which is the circle from action lab and um it's interesting it, it has a warning uh definitely looks like a like a parental warning that says this book contains teenagers speaking like teenagers and stuff you'd see in horror movies stay alert um and so like the the cover on it Definitely shows the shapes of magic mm-hmm. and being in a comic shop during the age that we're in where I feel like w- where previous decades there was 
this idea that science and magic didn't commingle, but anyone that looks at alchemy, looks at things like that, is trying to take this very loose thing, which is magic, this concept, and be like, no, 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 no. If we just apply science to it in the same sort of like theoretical, keep keep pulling the thread of that sweater until you are like, no, there's a, this doesn't exist or anything like that. But but don't don't rule it out. Basically, anytime I see stuff now regarding magic, I'm like, all right, I have to I have to read this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, what this book is basically about is a a new kid. Uh, moves to new town known as uh, Shell Bay. And every time where there's uh, something talking about Shell Bay, a uh, sign or something like that, the um, sign or the stone that has it carved in there is defaced in some way. So it's like a weird... It keeps It keeps foreshadowing these different things that might be wrong with Shell Bay and calling it Hell Bay and things like that. Um, and he, he, the main character is a, a young teenager that lost his mom. Um, and they do kind of like a, I would call the comics equivalent of, uh, the up montage. <laughs> if you know that very dark moment in up or even, uh, the beginning of guardians of the galaxy where, uh, we lose someone we love, um, and it's all done silently without dialogue, mm-hmm. um, even though Guardians had... But you you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, and so we're informed that uh, he lost his mom, and he's with his dad now, and they're in sort of this uh, like apartment-slash-boarding house um, in uh, Shell Bay. And he's getting picked on um, in uh, school and and trying... And these different groups keep trying to reach out, neither keep him down or include him but he doesn't want to be included and there's this group that keeps helping him out after the jocks like pick on him and uh they go down into this deep cavern uh the five friends and him and basically say uh we have six now like the group's complete it's official you're one of us you're number six our circle's complete and there's like skulls in the back of this like cavernous opening it's kind of just a hole in the ground that they have to like bungee down and and he's scared so there's this weird like and that's just how it sort of closes so there's a way in which this feels like a oh coming of age tale but the cliffhanger at the end of them being like now there's six of us it's it was very like I don't know if things are about to get weird mm, or if if dark. it's just yeah so it was a, it was very like the the majority of the book made me very like, oh, this feels like a very normal progression of plot. And the end left me very like, what can I expect of of this like basic it it doesn't say magic at any point. It's just like all these pieces that you go, this is magic related. I see it. I, I can see how this is setting up some things that are just not normal. Yeah. There's like this, it's like a glaze of normalcy and you know that just hidden behind it is actually something. And so, as I mentioned before, this is called The Circle from Action Lab, Danger Zone. Um, and it's written by Damon Clark and the art and colors are done by 
Elysia Zerno. Um, and I, I thought it was a really, really good book. It's a new number one. And uh, I realized that part of the reason why people listen to it is because they want to know what to read. Mm. This is definitely a good one to pick up and not just Green Lanterns and Justice League, like <laughs> I always say, read. Which definitely read, but well, I have, I've got another wreck if you're looking to jump into somewhere. Let's hear uh, it. Been anticipated for quite a bit because they're quite a popular team uh, for good reason. I picked up Motor Crush, number one, from Brendan Fletcher, Cameron Stewart, and Bab Starr. Uh, out of what um, oh, uh, image? Image. Image is making it. They were uh, yeah. formerly the team on Batgirl, uh, everyone's favorite Batgirl, because, mm-hmm. you know, it's one of the best Batgirls. Uh, <laughs> but this uh, Motor Crush is a world where moto racing, motorcycles, is, I assume, because they say it, but I. They could just be like the same way that ESPN would say, like the world's greatest sport. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in this world, motorcycle racing is the world's most popular sport. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we follow Domino Swift, who is just a real badass lady motorcycle racer. Um, and then you, I'm still because it's the first issue. I'm not entirely sure of like the rules or the laws and mm-hmm. whatnot, but. I believe uh, this is the kind of thing where, like, okay, you have your Grand Prix-type official races, and then you have the street underground races that are illegal, I suppose, or some weird stuff happens. But uh, she's doing it secretly because if, you know, if somebody found out, she would get kicked out of the official races. And she's a badass there, too. And they're playing for... They race for this, um, again, it, I assume it's a juice, but it comes in like a glass vial or a crystal. It's a pink thing called mm-hmm. Crush. And i not entirely sure what it's for. It's kind of referred to in the same way you'd refer to a drug. It's kind of like a, a no-no. Yeah. We'll talk about it if anybody found out. You know, kind of like fuck. the actual drug spice that's in like Skid Row. Oh, I've not heard of it. Yeah, there was like a drug that I was just listening on the radio and they're like, the new drug on the street, Spice. And I was sort of like, that literally sounds like a drug that is kind of like, I don't know, from Dread or some like yeah. comic book movie. You know <laughs> what I mean? It could be anything. Yeah. Um, it was the first time I heard that because like smack and crack and all that. I was like, well, that sounds like a drug, but to be like a Hollywood sci-fi, like it was like, once I heard Spice, I was like, Oh, that sounds like I should not mess with that. Or Dune. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, so so Crush. They're racing for Crush, and I'm not entirely sure what it does, but there is a moment where, uh, so she's racing, she's the badass, she wins the race. Mm-hmm. There's all these other, like, rival. there's other gangs that race, and she's just kind of a solo. Uh, she wins. And then at the end of this race, the uh, like announcer leader person uh, is like, "Hey, we found this guy. Like, we don't appreciate cheaters. He was snooping around in the in like uh, I forgot what he said. It's like the 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 closet, something like that. Uh, it's like, what were you looking for? It's like nothing, nothing. And then it says, "Well, either way, you're we're gonna 
you know, this doesn't end well for you. This goes to all of you. And they give him a little bit of the crush juice, and then his, like, face turns weird, and he explodes. Whoa. And is dead. Uh, okay, so avoid crush. Av- 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 so you think. Um, Until you realize and, that's what you needed to do was explode. Oh, uh, wow. Uh, it's real thick. Uh, <laughs> you were like, you were like, I don't want to put out there like well, I, exploding is a good thing, people. Well, I just don't want to, I guess, ruin the end of the issue. Okay, so it is. Then it, it raises a little more of a question, and it's a it's rather thick book. Yeah, when you pick it up and feel it and flip through the pages. There's a lot in there. And you offered it to me, and I can concur oh, yeah. that a, it is a thicker book. It is also a gorgeous book because yeah. Babtar is. Babtar knows how to draw a lady. Babtar. That's all I'll say. She's real good at it. Uh, and then that's... I mean, that's it. That's all I've got for you. Nice. Pick up Motor Crush. Yeah, they both look like like edgy, fun books. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I gather both have female protagonists? Yes. Nice. Yeah, so I... They both look like really fun... Like almost punk books, and then even like even my little description there is still only halfway through the book. Yeah, I just don't want to kind of yeah um, to too much. to go along with that sort of in theme and yes. stuff. Uh, did you get a chance to read this? Because no. it always looks like something that I bought is last year's, and it is I I love it. So what I'm talking about is Boombox, the 2016 mixtape. They've done mixtapes, um, I think. Two years before this is what they said. This is the third. Um, this is called For the Love of It. Um, and it features a slew of very talented artists. John Allison, Woo. Sammy Boras, um, Sam Davies, Veronica Fish, one of Aristotle's favorites, and Cena Grace, Olivia Margraf, Pamela Ribbon, Brian Sig, um, Amy Sotuyo, Anna Strain, Stefan Toshif, James Tinney in the fourth, mm-hmm. um, Nagozi, Ukazu, Adam Xvas, and Shannon Watters. Oh, Adam Bass is in there. Yep. Nice. Uh, just real quick. Yeah. I, this is another thing I forgot about. Did you hear about Cena Grace? No. Tell me, or uh, isn't a book of his getting developed into? Uh, Oh, well, what's I'm, the news? I'm not sure about that because uh, he is he's working on and it's coming out with Self Obsessed uh, season two. Yes, but he is now writing Iceman's first ever solo book. Okay, Marvel is That's putting right. out a solo book for Iceman, and Cena is writing it. Awesome, uh, and I believe it's. It, uh, I didn't realize this until Holly brought it up. Young Iceman, and I believe it's Young Iceman. Yeah, Young Iceman's with. The title would be or no 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 because there was oh that uh, makes sense I I'm, yeah. I'm not caught up on where the X Men are at now but there was yeah. a young X Men that came back and I yeah. believe this will follow young Iceman yeah um yeah that makes that makes sense it, it's weird uh, I couldn't have guessed it but the second you say that I go that's like the perfect character that I would think of Cena mm-hmm. um, doing so I look forward to reading that um so for those of you that don't know what boombox is um and would say mixtape it is a giant just book that looks like a cassette tape um sort of in the color scheme and the presentation of a lot of books that boom puts out which is very colorful very does poppy. does yeah it, it pops um as soon as you see it um the 
the way in which they structure a lot of um, the pages is is wandering sometimes. It's not always. Sometimes it will just be very box-like on top um, and very broad uh, panels. Other times um, the narratives are kind of wandering in almost like a uh, family circus, but with like a little bit of edge way where they're having fun with um, everything that can be done with these oversized panels because the book is oversized. And one of the ones that I like, um, the whole theme of this um, this boombox is um, like a, the sort of punk world mm. of, of just garage banding with your friends. And so we have even the Lumberjanes are doing their equivalent of that. And if you haven't read Lumberjanes yet, definitely should. Um, it's like an all-female cast, and they're all kick-ass characters that are all different it's and gonna fun. It's going to be a TV show soon, Yeah, I and um, I think, I yeah, it's like anyone that's read it's like, could have called that one. Like, like it is just that good. Um, but they're all very fun and and uh, and inviting. There was one that um, still was fun for me, but um, felt more like the Kerouac equivalent to all this so not necessarily trying to be fun and edgy but uh in 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 like a very polished way in a very raw and uh and uh unpolished way um even though the art is 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 superbly done and the colors really pop it's called tour life and it was one of the ones done by uh stefan tashif and it's just the the writing was well done in the way in which they show the protagonist um, recounting what it was that he set out to do when he was you know become trying to make it with a, a traveling band and and to be young and be like I'm gonna follow my dream and the impending future that is like how long can this sustain itself um, which I think resonated with me because in a way like I. I think I'm becoming, it's such, I'm going to like say it and it's almost going to sound false, but it really feels true at the moment. The older I get, the more punk-like I feel like I become. I'm very well-mannered and like almost not the definition of punk, but I take like baby steps or like drops in a very large bucket of punk because I, I can, I can, I can feel a pressure of, no, by this point, you should be this definition of yourself and the punk response of being like, I don't need to be defined by shit. I'm just going to be here and be who I am. And that's what this tour life story was about. It starts saying, I was feeling a little unsettled when I buried my future, but I'm trying to move forward. If I went home right now, what would I find? Would it be any better than this? And it shows a shot of them getting ready to do their show, that I have no idea what I'm doing. But there is no backing out now. And it's sort of that's sort of like how I... And, and it keeps going, but I just want to show how it opens. Um, just in very simple sentences, plotting what is the the questions and the the thoughts that you have whenever you're a part of like the LA lifestyle, a part of like the touring lifestyle. It's just uh, to, 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 to live in like the shoes of, of, of friends that I have back home that have a very structured life looking at mine. I think it would, 
almost appear like I don't have those thoughts of like, I don't, I, oh, it looks like Derek doesn't have a plan. And while there's ways in which I don't have a plan, it's not like those thoughts don't pop up of like, should I have a plan? Should I do this? Should I do that? But in a way, the way I'm choosing to experience is to not allow that to saddle me. You know what I I mean? So this was the most sentimental story out of out of Boombox and while a lot of the others entertain, I don't even though it's beautifully done, um, I don't think it was so much so much meant to entertain as to like catch a mood that really resonated with me. So um definitely check out boombox because because for that story what about you do you do, how do you feel as like a rogue podcaster slash concert goer slash nerdist employee slash um holiday card with dogs and happily like relation do you is your is the aristotle life philosophy like just see what the next day brings or do you aim for things way down bit. the road yeah a little bit of both. Uh, I mean, it, the future is. Oh my god! I don't know what my plan is. Mm. I have ideas of what it could be. Yeah. In terms of like setting out to make that my reality, I don't know because I'm I'm enjoying it now because it feels crazy that uh, I I get I am so lucky. Yeah. Because uh, I was just talking to Desiree about this well not just but uh how as a kid I never knew what I wanted to be Mm -hmm. but I was certain or like had the highest hope of having a job that I could do well but gave me a a fairly decent amount of free time to myself Mm -hmm. and was very involved in what I'm interested in what I loved. Yeah. Like, I knew I wanted to be surrounded by video games and movies. <laughs> yeah. I just didn't know what job that would be. Yeah. And yet, yeah. here I am, yeah. surrounded by video games and movies yeah. and comics. Yeah. I I mean, I. It, it's funny because I felt like I knew there was a, a point where I was just going to let that go. Like, my parents would be like, you can't make your whole life playing video games and uh they weren't they weren't even really that strict about it they might be like actually the more midwest version of that would be like well you know you should probably you know you should get out and not play it's very like roundabout to getting to the point but uh i i knew that there was gonna be a point where i walk away from it and i think in college when i just like had good internet and played online like call of duty i burnt myself out of like video of, of things, but there was there is like a sense of like in a weird way, my life is seasonal, almost like what um, school was like. I knew I knew that my career, what I wanted, was nine months of really hard work, kind of like school, and then just three months that I take off and just like it's whatever I want it to be. Mm-hmm. Even though my summers were were work like in a movie theater or work in like a packing warehouse to actually make money. And it was, so it sort of inverted in that like school was where I explored and did things for nine months, but it was also very structured work. I knew that I was going to want to go out into the adult world and 
and have these seasons of like, I just want to actually be in a project and like be working really hard and come out with this tangible thing, even if it's like hard to do. And then months later be like, I just want to make my only concern to be present in that day and see what I can extract from that and carry with me in sort of like a, a through line. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's interesting because like I I just came back from London and like if I if I actually was like, you know what? No, I need structure. I need to go to an office day in and day out. And this isn't this isn't saying one way is better than the other. It's just like a an affirmation of I never would have gone I never would have been able to commit to like a a schedule of of like a sleep study or like any or or had the time out why would I do that but like I got to go to England for like a really random reason. Mm-hmm. Um I did Gill's podcast the the mutant season mm-hmm. also on the Nerdist uh network and um because somebody listened to that at the same time that they were looking for an actor they they were like oh Derek it was actually um a crazy story. He's like, Derek, I was just listening to that and I, I forgot you act because I'm a, I'm a, I don't know if I'm a good or a bad like LA actor. I don't thrust that in everyone's face all the time. There's been so many people that have been here in, in meltdown that are really like, Oh yeah, you act. And, and that reaction always makes me go, fuck, I'm not doing a good enough job. But at the same time, Oh, uh, anyone that is good at that, quote unquote, that like that that is always thrusting it at you and like reminding you, I'm an actor. I'm. A, it's just like it starts to wear, just and I just and it feels like a front. There's people that can like it's like an art. They can like gracefully just like be like I'm an actor always and always think of me as that, and then it just comes to them. But there's other times where I'm like, if if that's a and Hollywood's a good example of that. It's like if I try to be that and like make it very clear and like defined that is me then i it's almost like i lose that alter ego Mm -hmm. i lose the clark kent side of my life because now it's just and then all your life yeah and then how would i ever be able to draw you know um draw any sort of experience and uh from that i would just be that one dimensional thing in a way and so um maybe that's a really nice way of dancing around like i don't i don't want to pay for 500 dollar improv classes that are six levels and go to all of the different like i've there's like there i've there i'm like short circuiting <laughs> i feel like we're entering an age where we talk about punk and we with and things like that i just feel like the establishment the capital E establishment of politics, of of entertainment, of all those things, it's not really, it's losing its sheen. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so in a way, I just don't feel like adhering to, well, you have to go do classes. You have to 
you know, you have to do commercials. You have to be a model. It's like I gave up on that a long time ago. I also gave up on trying to be a singer a long time ago. It's like the the way that I want to just go about it is is a very wandering way. Mm-hmm. It's just very wandering. But the more that I wander, the more that I get pockets of these moments where it's like, you want to? Do you want to go to London? Hey, I was listening to a podcast. I could have just said no to doing that with Gil, or, or like I could have. There's there's a number of ways in which it could have just not happened and it weirdly does and yeah so i don't it feels like basically i feel like my life philosophy is almost the sober drunken master i'm not drunk but i'm almost looking at a drunken (laughs) no no no. how do i mean it like i'm like like being like how are they getting it wrong in a way you know what i mean how is like somebody that's just being led by the force or by like something it's just like how are they getting it wrong i don't think there's a wrong way of doing it either being plugging into structure or just wandering this just just being a rambling man you know mm-hmm. so it's uh i would say we need both but it's also the yeah. the, the oh god the infinite wisdom of grant morrison it's dancing mm-hmm. with the universe yep this immediately immediately what i think of cuz i'm sure he i mean in the way that the signing worked out when we recorded with him it was just sort of like a i'm going to the signing and now i'm talking with people in like this podcast booth and i'm drinking my wine and mm. and pontificating about life to a younger generation which is funny cuz that's almost what it was with gill except i wasn't drinking wine i was <laughs> going between a shift and and uh talking you know with him but yeah i would say i would say if you feel like you're type a and a part of structure mess mess up something you know about your life and if you're very like messy and lack focus try like a day uh after listening this podcast where you're like all right i'm gonna be the definition of hyper focus today and see what that brings you. That'll be your form of dancing with the universe because I feel like when we get to either type A about things when we already are that or when we're just so messy and wonder it's like it's like don't allow yourself to just like tune out mm-hmm. and and go on autopilot or have like this soft focus. Like have a second where you just like either like let it go if you need to or just like major focus. That would be the task. That's what I'm going to do as soon as we get done. So thank you, everyone, for listening to Melcast 3.0 this week. Uh, enjoy the coming, I guess La La Land's coming and, and uh, Rogue One still has to come. But oh, but enjoy the Spider-Man trailer. Yes, because that is, yes, that should be out now uh, as we record this. Ooh. So enjoy that. Um, well, as if, we record this, it's not out. But by the time you're listening, right, it should be out. It should be or out. You will have already have watched. Yes. Uh, and thank you for listening. And we will speak to you again next week. Bye. Bye. Hey, thanks for picking us up. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. We're at Meltcast. We occasionally tweet some things. And while you're at it, follow at Meltdown Comics. They're awesome. And you can keep up with all of their sales and events that happen every day.